Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio. It is Red Friday. Before Ned leaves here, I'm going to paint him entirely red. He doesn't know it yet, but we've got two guys waiting outside with buckets of red paint. You're not leaving this place without being red covered. From your head to your toe last night, pretty much everyone in the league who were voting for the MVP minus two guys. One guy voted for Jalen, one guy voted for Josh. The rest voted for our quarterback, number 15, Patrick Mahomes, the MVP in the NFL. I want to thank God for giving me this platform and putting so many amazing people around me to help support this dream I've had since I was a little kid. Without him, none of this would even be possible. To my wife, Brittany, my baby girl, Sterling, and my son, Bronze. This crazy life that we are living means nothing without y'all, keeping me balanced and making me appreciate every single day. No matter how I feel coming home, y'all bring me joy and make me appreciate the time that I get to spend with y'all. Pretty cool stuff. He's he's a smart guy and certainly deserving. He, If I'd been voting, he would have gotten my vote. I told you that a long time ago. He's the best player in the NFL. No question about that. And without making a prediction, which I'm not going to do till Ned talk, uh, I think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, which is not a prediction. That is a perception. And I think it'll be a very good game on Sunday. But yeah, that's it's very nice. And Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Hey, make no mistake about it. He's the deserving one. That's good to see, but we really would rather have a win on Sunday. The 24 of the nation's NFL media reporters the majority of them are favoring the Eagles right now, aren't they? They are. It's a, by a, and if you count the numbers of media people, and you're right, there were 24 who were polled. It was 13 to 11 for the Eagles. And by it is by two, yeah, that, and that's really immaterial. But the ones who are voting in this case and their perception of the game and assessment of what will happen, almost all of them have the game very close and relatively low scoring. Now, there are some who picked uh, runaways. Uh, one picked the Chiefs to win, I think, uh, 42 to 15 or something like that. And another picked the Eagles to run away with it, 35 to 17 or some score of that nature. But most are in the 20s, 24, 21, 28, 24, games like that. And that's really how I feel it's going to be. I think it'll be a close game and a very well-played one. These are these are good teams. This is not a fluke that either one of them's there. They're the best teams in the NFL, but... Again, I'll stand by my statement that the Chiefs are the best team. Again, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can prove it on the field. Uh, what's the over-under right now? The over-under has gone up. It was 49.5. It is now 51.5. Mm. 51.5 in college football is pretty much the average. Pro football, it's a little bit different. I'm, I'm going under with this one. I think the score will be below that. And the over-under, folks, is the total score of the game. And it's one of the betting props that you have. If you go over it, you win. If you go under it, you lose. Or win, I should say. So it's uh, 51 and a half is a lot of points. But when you add them all together, is it really that much? Like a 25 to 20? Well, that's not there. That's where I see the game going. Maybe 28, 24, maybe 30 to 25, which would put it, again, right at the, right at the cusp. So there are there are any number of variables that are going into it, but I would if you're playing that prop, I would go under it. Yeah, I don't know, but the uh, 
Chiefs are still the underdogs. It's a pick on one and a half right now. That's a pick. Yeah, but uh, Eagles getting a little bit more of that money. So, what are your thoughts on the decision by the University of Texas and Oklahoma? Not surprised and yet a little surprised. The original agreement for Texas and Oklahoma to bolt the Big 12 and join the SEC was for 2025. It's now going to happen 2024, one year before. There was some thought that those schools might pull out and do so ahead of time, but they have to pay a fine. And I think the fine, or, or a departure fee is what they call it, it's about $100 million. That's a, that's a lot of money. But you know what, Mike? It is made up by what they're going to get in the SEC as far as their remuneration is concerned. It is massive. The SEC is one of the wealthiest conferences in the country, if not the wealthiest. And these schools get a lot of money from TV, from the just the general revenue agreement. It wouldn't be at all surprised to see them make that up in one year. But Texas, Oklahoma, forget the schedules for 2024. They're going to have to be revised because they will be playing in the Southeastern Conference. God, that's going to be that crazy. Season. Now, next year, 2023, it remains intact. Uh, the, the new schools join the Big, uh, Big 12 Conference, the new ones, the uh, Houston and Cincinnati and Central Florida and Brigham Young join, and Oklahoma and Texas will still be there in 2023. But the following year, those two depart. It's going to be interesting, too, and uh, it'll be good for a guy like me who loves college football just for the sake of the competition week to week because that'll cha- that'll change the uh, the outlook and the schedule and how everything is going to be played what, and what, what are the your teams are doing. Your big game now, you're a K-State guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, K-State versus... Central Florida. I, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We got it. We got to start new grudges. I guess is what's going to happen. Ned kind of was shocked yesterday when I was sitting at home in the afternoon and got a report that Tarasenko is no longer a St. Louis Blue. Now, I think <laughs> the thought process when I saw that, and he may not be the only one. The trade deadline in the National Hockey League is March the third, so they still have another couple weeks to go. But to me, I thought when I saw that Tarasenko going to the New York Rangers. What what is this? What is this? Are they throwing or hoisting the white flag? And I think they are. The Blues, as far as getting into the Stanley Cup playoffs, they're right in the nether regions right now. They may not make it and probably won't the way they've been playing. Well, I think this is giving up. And with the 31-year-old all-star on your team who is capable of, when being traded, getting a lot of wealth for the Blues, uh, let, let's do so. And they did. They sent him to the Rangers, the Blaze kid who they got back, and that's what the, it's being returned because he is a former Blue and a prospect thrown in there as well. Now, there may be some others. The uh, Ryan O'Reilly is going to be a free agent at the end of, I think it's next season is when he's a free agent. So you can get something for him now. He may go, but that, this looks like a house clean to me. It's unfortunate because I love Tarasenko. I thought he was a great, great addition to the St. Louis Blues. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they can see the writing on the wall. And for some reason, the team just doesn't have it this year, which is unfortunate. Uh, but you couldn't say the same thing about the Lady Panthers, man. They're having a hell of a season, aren't they? They are only 22-1. and one. So they got OW yesterday, right? They did. They, they defeated the Maryville team 81-57. to Not such good news for the men or the Panthers. The Drury Male Panthers are really having troubles this year. They're 7-16 and on the year. Lost last night to Maryville 74-57. Those games were here in town. Lady Panthers, folks, are number two in America. And you look at their record 22-1. and 
Who in the world beat them? Well, it just so happens that the number one team in the country beat them, Ashland. And that was a tournament game back in the holidays, during the holidays here in town. And Ashland won it by one point. If those two are to play again, and I think they will, but it will not be for the national championship because it just so happens that they are in the same region. So it would be a regional championship. And that's the way things break down. It does happen, happens in prep sports. It happens in the pro sports. That's why I've always said seed the teams Mm -hmm. and then have them play regardless of where you are uh, geographically. But in this case... Hey, Drury and Ashland are very good basketball teams. Very, very good teams. And uh, I, I wish the Panthers a lot of good luck. Lady Panthers, they are they are well-skilled, well-drilled. Molly Miller did a great job with them. Now Amy Egan has taken over, and she's continued that legacy. They're good players. Yeah, and they're definitely not getting enough credit. So if you like basketball, go support them. Next time they're playing in town. All right. Big day on Sunday. Ned Talk starts when? Ned Talk will start at noon here on the cave, and this is about five and a half hours ahead of time. But that's fine. That's the way the network works out. So we'll be on from 12 to 1, and we'll be doing our thing. We'll have the crew in here. We'll make our predictions on the game. We'll talk about, yes, the Super Bowl. That'll be the bulk of the conversation. But we'll have other subjects to talk about as well, as we do on Ned Talk. And then following the Super Bowl, we'll continue. Of course, we go back to our regular noontime schedule then, and we'll talk for one hour, and we'll cover everything, which yep. we always do. So, yeah, Ned Talk after this weekend will return noon on Sunday, every Sunday. Don't miss out on that. And you can always download it as a podcast. But like you said, uh, noon to one, Ned Talk will be in Westwood One coverage from about one to three with their uh, Super Bowl preview and everything there. And then we flip over with the Chiefs Radio Network, get their pregame. Then we flip back to Westwood one for the for the bulk of the game and then following the conclusion we'll be back with the Chiefs Radio Network. I tell the folks just for the heck of it how that happens. What kind of switches do you have? Uh, we have a very talented engineer here named Corbin Campbell who uh, makes it happen. I just get the instructions from the uh, companies and tell them hey this is what we need and he makes it happen. It, there's a lot more into it. We got it right. I write you know there's there's <laughs> there's a lot into setting up a satellite broadcast but um you know, I'm part of the the fun. So but that's there a good is thing. a physical switching that has to take place. Uh, well, uh, in uh, well, no, well, no, not necessarily because we know as far as going into the game when all those switches will happen. The problem is you don't know when the end of the game is going to happen. You can say it'll probably be around nine thirty, maybe. Usually, it's about four hours. They can they bleed that Super Bowl as long as they can. 9, 9, 30, 10 maybe, depending if it goes OT, who knows. But again, you don't know. So that is the one that has to be flipped in real time. Right, the folks might be interested in knowing. Suppose, uh, now Ned Talk is done live. Mm-hmm. We are here in the studio when that happens, noon to one. So suppose I get carried away and start going into a soliloquy of some sort. And what happens if we run over the time? What would happen on the air? Ned's going to, or Ned, Joe's going to tell you to shut up, old man, <laughs> and then he's going to hit the button. <laughs> Or I'm going to be calling him and saying, tell the old man to shut up. We got to go. Him off. Get that satellite. <laughs> Let's go. Speaking of which, go Chiefs.